0: 2020 keeps letting me share the fascinating stories of the amazing people in the South African film industry. This week we chat with stunts and special effects coordinator Anthony Stone. I've been lucky enough to work with Anthony on a few occasions. And it was such a delight just to get to sit down with him and really hear about the things he's learned on his journey in the film industry. We spoke about when the bug bit him and how it sent him all over the world collecting skills and knowledge from LA to Canada and finally back to warm, sunny South Africa. He loves the magic of making movies, performing amazing stunts and especially blowing things up, which evolved into his own stunts and special effects company, Big Bang Stunts and SFX. Letting him work in an industry that pays you to blow things up and then pays someone else to clean it all up? <laughs> what a world. We also talk about Fracked, a short film more than 10 years in the making that he both wrote and directed and produced and edited, all of the things, and really get into his passion of bringing awareness to the world about fracking and what it could mean for our planet. You can find out more about his film at fractfilm.co.za, that's F-R-A-C-K-E-D-F-I-L-M, fractfilm.co.za, and check out his company website at bigbang.co.za, that's B-I-G-B-A-N-G, bigbang.co.za. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy an awesome chat with Anthony Stone. happy pod. Today I'm joined by Anthony Stone. Say hello.
1: <laughs> hello. Hi Tony. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you th- yeah. very much, all things considered.
0: Yeah, sun is shining, can't complain. <laughs> yeah, life is good. Life is good. So the first question I ask to everyone on my podcast is what is it that you do in the South African film industry?
1: Um, so I actually wear several hats in the South African film industry. I'm a stunt coordinator, I'm a special effects coordinator, I'm a pyrotechnician. I've uh, been a fight choreographer and I rig. So mm-hmm. I'm a chief rigger and I wear all those five hats.
0: Little bits of everything.
1: Little bits of everything.
0: Yeah, I used to going. be a
1: stunt performer yes. <laughs> and that's kind of how I got into the movie business.
0: Yes, so I wanted to say, as you, from my, my research and my digging in the world, went over to LA and Canada to do some training and setting up, Like, how did that come about? What made you want to start in the film industry?
1: It's quite an interesting story. I finished the South African military
0: okay.
1: and um, I was sitting on a beach in Seapoint, wondering what to do with my life. And um, up to that point, I had uh, achieved quite a lot of success as a sportsman. Yeah. Um, being a Western Province gymnast and Western Province and various other, other mm-hmm. sports. And when I was a little boy, my parents took me to um, ride on ET's bicycle And um, I saw myself Even though I was on the bicycle I saw myself on the screen next to me Physically riding the bicycle over the moon And and I've tried to play that back in my mind To work out when I got attached to the movie business And I think it was in that moment When I was physically on the bicycle And Saw saw, saw myself on the screen um, and so sitting on that beach, I thought about, I didn't, I, I, sitting in an office and doing office work for the rest of my life, nope. certainly <laughs> didn't work for me, I, I'm a, I was a sportsman through and through, yeah. and um, making movies seemed like the right choice, mm-hmm. and two weeks later, after try, getting my hands on a, on a student visa, I got myself to Los Angeles, where I started pursuing a, a career as a stunt performer.
0: Awesome. Because you've you got training in theatre and film and then also stunts and, and driving. and
1: Yeah, while, while I was at the Santa Monica College, I was learning all those various um, um, aspects of movie making that you've just mentioned and searching to be a stunt performer mm. and meeting, like, like in, any, in any industry, you need to make connections. Networking. And networking. And I was meeting up and trying to network and trying to find people that would take me in on the smaller budget films, obviously yeah. not knowing anything. Uh, I I didn't have any ground to stand on other than my smile and yeah, my. I'm keen and willing to learn. Exactly, <laughs> and and it came down to really pestering people to give you yeah. a gap, and um, they, they see you keen from uh, from yeah. what I understand. They see you keen and they see you enthusiastic. They always have a space, even yeah. if it's just They'll you give carrying. You the time. Yeah, carrying pad bags or whatever yep. it might be. You know, you at least you 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 get to be on a movie set, and that's where all the most of the learning happens. Hundred
0: percent, and yeah. I mean. 'Cause you you've gone then more into coordination, special effects and that, is how did studying things like likes theatre and, and the performance side help you as a coordinator and as as a as a, as a second unit director eventually and, and getting into the more behind the scenes stuff, how did knowing what it's like being in front of the camera and on the stage help you
1: um, I think, um, it's, no. uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know exactly how it's helped me, I just know where I am, right? Mm. So, so I think, to answer your question, the, the more you know, as a, if you want to pursue as being a director, you're right at the top of the, of the list, the more you know about the individual departments and how they work, yes. mi- might make you a, a great director, but I don't know, because I've never had a chance to sit down <laughs> with great directors and ask them that. I've only ever directed one film. Um, and I've directed several scenes as a, as a second unit director mm. and other little bits and pieces. Yeah. And um, um, my short film is, is pretty successful, but I don't know if I'm a good director. So, <laughs> but I do know as a, as a stunt coordinator, I want to know what's happening in all the departments all the yeah. time. So from a stunt coordinator's point of view, I think the more that you know about what everybody else's job is, you probably become a safer stunt coordinator, not necessarily yes. a good stunt coordinator. You might not be able to visualize and put action together, but you'll certainly know where people should be and where people shouldn't be and how to make them safe, the more knowledge you have about what they're doing. Yeah, the creative
0: side is being creative and and some people are and some people are not. But the the technical side, the more you know technically about how a film set works and how every department works, the more efficient you can become on a set.
1: Correct. I think the person on a movie set that needs to know the most is the first assistant director. Yes. He needs to know what every department is doing at any, at any given time, especially on the productions that I've been working on lately where the budgets are getting smaller mm. and the demand for the work is getting higher and higher. And if he's not a affaire with exactly what's going on, with what department's doing what at any given time and able to tell them what's coming up next so that mm. they can Prepare be prepared, then the, yeah. then, then the heels are dragged and shots are lost and the, the sun goes down no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get it in the can, you, you there's problems and
0: yeah and small delays mean big money so <laughs> well, not for me <laughs> <laughs> enough money to make a dent <laughs> yes. yes so then you came back to South Africa you started doing more stunt work itself as a performer and getting into that how did
1: I actually went to yeah. Canada after Los Angeles oh, okay and um I'll tell you why I did that it became apparent the more movie sets that I got on in Los Angeles that the stunt performer would just stand next to the explosives <laughs> and this and the special effects coordinator would say, and the stunt coordinator would say, you're going to be fine, this is what's going to happen. There obviously trust, a lot more yeah. information than you're going to be fine. But, this, <laughs> but I, I never really knew exactly what was going to happen with that explosion. Yes. So being blown up, which is always fun, always and fun. being <laughs> thrown around a movie set on wires and all that kind of thing because of explosions and the heat and all that kind of thing, mm. I felt a little unsafe because I had to trust other people. Yeah. So, just trust that
0: they knew what they were talking about. You didn't know exactly well, ex- what's going exactly. on. Exactly, you know.
1: It's, there's a there's a difference when an explosion goes off, and you're five feet closer to the explosion as opposed to being mm. where, where you know that five feet can make a massive difference. So um, I managed to get myself into Ryerson, which is a which is a uh, technicon in Toronto, okay. where there was a guy there by the name of Ron Craig who was teaching um, pyrotechnics and, and movies movie special effects, and I managed to get myself into that course to learn specifically about explosives so that I could go onto a movie set as a stunt performer and not not say, what do you want from me? I could say to the special effects coordinator or the pirate technician what have you got in that bomb pot or what have you got what explosive are you using? And I would know for myself what was going to happen and whether I'm going to be waking up the next morning, yeah. without any bruises or any any, any burns.
0: That's so good.
1: Um, and just like any child who likes playing with matches, yep. which I did when I <laughs>
0: candle wax you know,
1: when I went to visit my grandmother <laughs> as a little as a little kid, I used to light fires underneath her bed. Anyway, that's, that's <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to include that on your podcast. <laughs> Always. Um, we all have stuff somewhere. So I fell in love with blowing stuff up. Um, hmm. and um, and I've and I've kind of because of that became a special effects coordinator as well. I never thought that I would ever do that kind of thing. But I found myself being really good yeah. at blowing things up. And the thing that I <laughs> love most about it is I get to blow things up and then they pay somebody else to clean up my mess. Yes. So, so I'm <laughs> they quite, pay you
0: to blow things up. They buy the equipment for you. Yes. And then someone else yes, can it. Yes, it's up. like a dream job, isn't it? <laughs> what is this yeah. good work?
1: <laughs> so, I, so with an intention of being a, um, um, a, a really good stunt performer... Yeah. That's kind of how the path went, and then I, then I graduated, and I, and I spent more time in Canada, until one day, about three o'clock in the morning, I was wiring up explosives, and you, and it was like really cold, I think okay. that day it was like minus 45 degrees with the wind chill, huh. which is, you put your hands in the freezer to keep them warm, because yep. it's only minus three in there, <laughs> if you know what I mean, Um and so I was wiring up these explosives, and the only way to wire up explosives is with the naked hands. Yeah. And with the wind chill, I was just really freezing. I felt the cold going right through my my core. And um, I decided to come back to yeah. South Africa, where it's sunny. nice and sunny, and there's yeah. a beautiful beach, and the, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So that's so, our that's that's the, that's the journey that that's took me. Back, that's so good, just yeah. for
0: all. I mean, I'm I'm that nerd who's always just trying to learn as much as I can about every other department life thing, not because I want to be that person but because I want to just understand what goes into it and I think for all stunt performers that's such a good lesson is don't you don't have to learn the skills to be able to become the, the SFX guy or become the coordinator or yes. become the fight choreographer yes. but to just understand what they're talking about when, they, when they're telling you what's happening and what's going on. in the You scene. know, the
1: thing is, you're, you're exactly right. So the thing is, at the end of the day, the stunt coordinator goes and stands with the director and watches the monitor or mm. he's on the radio or he's something. And the rigger has set up all the wires and the carabiners and all the rigging that goes with all the rigging. And the stunt performer is attached to all of that rigging. And at the end of the day, the stunt performer is doing the performance yeah. and his life he's and his risk, body yeah. and he's the one at risk. And it's quite a simple thing as a performer to actually go around and, uh, and you'll be surprised. All the different mm. departments within stunts and special effects love sharing their knowledge. Yeah. So if you go up to them and show interest, yeah. not only are you learning, but you're gathering the information to just make sure and you do a circuit on your own mm. equipment. And, and check nice. your equipment yeah. and make sure that, because at the end of the day, the carabiner, the screw gate is not closed. Yes. and And within the action, the gate opens and you come unclip from your harness. Yeah. You know, if you check those kinds of things, you have not only the peace of mind, but you get to do your performance a little bit better.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's yeah. so important. Yes. So then you move back to South Africa. You start doing more stunts and start getting into the coordinating, and eventually start your own company. Yes, I'll tell you how that happened. Effects. Yes, please.
1: Um, I, I, my first love, as I've mentioned, was performing. I nice. really, really was a, I, I was, I, I really loved that. Was standing in front of the camera and having all those those things happen, explosions and cars crashing and being set on fire and flying through the air and all that kind of stuff just made so much sense for me. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, one day, a tragic day, I had a car accident, Mm -hmm. strangely enough and ironically unrelated to the movie business, where an Italian (laughs) tourist was driving around Clifton and uh, he had wandered off to the wrong side of the road and i came around one of those corners and i had a head on collision Jeez. and that caused me since then ultimately to so far i don't hopefully i don't <laughs> have another but i've had four surgeries on my spine huh. which thrust me from having to stop performing yeah. to still needing to make a living yep. moved me into coordinating and then i started marketing myself as a pirate technician and getting more work Smart. as because i was licensed so all
0: those those fun interesting things that you were just
1: doing yes.
0: for the information a now have become day. a a form of income so yes, collecting exactly. skills
1: guys always collect skills you never yeah, know what's going to yeah. happen I find it, I find it quite interesting you know the, the, it, it seems like it although i haven't I haven't worked too much in, in the big you know centers where movies are made but it seems like the South African stunt performer and probably countries that are similar to our demographic and how <laughs> we're set up in the movie business is the stunt individual stunt performer has a lot of skills in South Africa individual skills yeah. because there's there's not I mean there's not a lot of us. Mm. And there's not a lot of work all Love the time.
0: specialist work.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: You can't so, just be you a can't, driver
1: you can't, or you, a, exactly. You can't. You can't just do high falls. Yeah. And you can't just do fire burns. And you can't. Exactly. You'll
0: do that once a year if you're lucky.
1: If you're lucky. Mm. So it seems. It seems like we 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 become jacks of all trades mm. within the stunt fraternity, so that we can get more work. Yeah. And that I think ends up making those people that move on to stunt coordinators possibly a little bit more wise and astute mm. as to how to do their jobs yeah because they have all that knowledge it's great I think it's great for, for a stunt performer to have that knowledge and then jump up to yeah. being a coordinator rather than someone going another route to become yeah. a coordinator
0: just to have a little bit of experience and like I mean my, some of my best favorite coordinators are ones who were performers because they at least understand where you are when you're standing in that moment or can give you that tip of oh if you just drop your shoulder this way then you're going to rotate in a better way or if you're going to flip a car here's like three tips that I learned from the things that i had done before or been on fire and things like that is they're giving you advice through experience and I mean that's the best way to learn and if I haven't experienced it before like you say for example getting set on fire on a film set that doesn't happen often so a lot of the times the first time you're doing it is on a film. And so you need as much support and preparation as you can as a performer who's maybe never done that kind of a stunt or gag before. Mm. And we just got to kind of pick your brains and learn from your guys's experience in order to get the job done well. Yes, and yes, safely <laughs> and get it out in one piece. Yes. And okay. I and I
1: think I think that goes along with directors as well. Mm. Although there are a lot of directors out there that are brilliant at their craft that have never been actors. Yeah. But I think, like I mean, one that comes to mind is Clint Eastwood. He yeah. was an actor, and his movies are absolutely fantastic. I love his movies, and I think because he's able, to, he's, he has the knowledge of what it means to be an actor. Mm. He's able to talk to actors in the lingo and the language yeah. that they communication like, is the like, yeah exactly like to be spoken to. Yeah. So true. Yeah, so I think it goes the same in all
0: departments. You know. Yeah. That's no, true, and same with actors as well. I mean, always say that actors on a film set need to understand what the camera is doing, what the costumes doing, what the props need from you, what the everything in order to make your performance flawless and easy, and just understand all the effort that's going into you saying three lines. Yes. So it's. I,
1: I'm yeah. I'm always amazed because it's so rare in the movie business where every department gels so well that it's a mm. absolutely unbelievably wonderful place to yeah. work. Because there's always there's always the one and there's always the two or or there's always a director that believes that he's God or or something which makes (laughs) the workplace a little bit more taxing than what we.
0: That one department head who may have won an award and think that they now run the entire city. Yeah, like, exactly. Nah, at the no end God. of the day, we're all
1: just human and we're all doing the same thing we're and we're all, all the trying to all. enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Just I just want always, to make
0: movies, guys. I always
1: wonder about why, why those kinds of directors are allowed to behave that way.
0: they strategic hustling. There is a, a, a human being in the, in the film industry that knows how to mm-hmm. manipulate their way into a, into a, a place of, mm. of power and I always kind of hope that eventually they'll get caught out and they get lost, but they they do get one or two movies under their collars and make our lives a little bit more difficult before They do, on. don't they? Yes, yes. But we smile and wave because we get to make movies anyway. We do. And we love it. <laughs> Somehow.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Scary, but fun.
1: Although I do say to people in, in jest and humor, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, is that being in the movie business is kind of like being in the mob.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Because you,
1: once you're in it, you can't get up. <laughs>
0: it's so true. Yeah. It's something that just keeps you keeps you in, man. Yeah, you I've tried a couple of out. times, no. and then I just get get no. that phone call. they like, this just one, just yeah. just one more, one more job, man. Yeah. It is
1: like man. I did a I did a <laughs> dreadful job years ago. I did it, and I said I vowed to myself I would never come back to the movie business. And I, <laughs> and I and I and I was out for a little while. And a producer friend of mine phoned me up, and I said I've got this brilliant gig for you. And I said you know yeah. I'm really not interested. And I tried to be true to me, not wanting to come back. And he yeah. said this one is the magic job. You will oh. love this job. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept on pestering me, and I caved. And it was exactly that. It was the magic, it was job. The magic job. Yes, and, and I've been working ever since. It
0: makes you go like, oh yes, yeah. that's why. Because I think yeah. sometimes we can become jaded, and because there, I mean, in any job, you're going to have bad days and bad bosses, and even if you're sitting in an office doing being an accountant, there's going to be idiots that you work with or great people that you work with, and companies Agreed. that you prefer to or not to.
1: People are people. So
0: it's 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 taking those those shitty people for what they are and remembering why you're doing it in the first place and Mm. if that makes it still worth it then keep on going and if why you did it in the first place is not worth it then you find something new to do yes fair enough but why are we doing it
1: the grass isn't necessarily greener on the yeah. other side <laughs>
0: sometimes find, you need to step back to realize it yeah
1: really. <laughs> i find pe- people are very interested in the and, and confused by the glamour of the movie business mm. like when i say i'm in the movie business i see them light up yeah, and their face it's lights exciting. up you know you know yeah. it, it is exciting totally but it's really really hard work and yeah. once you're in it you really really do give your life to it but and yeah. what you give up is, is is a lot yeah you know no, you give true. up you give up um, a family life and mm-hmm. long periods of time and yeah. um,
0: stability.
1: And I'm I'm 49 now and I don't have any children and I and I wonder I've, I've specifically yeah. chosen not to have children but I wonder if my life in the movie business if I hadn't been in the movie business I what might would have, have become? Yeah, I might have I might yeah. have chosen to have children. Maybe I have four amazing dogs.
0: Beautiful dogs. They're and so I have gorgeous. A,
1: a, an unbelievable <laughs> girlfriend. And but uh, So not
0: doing too shabby. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. The
1: movie business has been good to me. it's, yeah. it's been it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. That's no, yeah.
0: good job, tough job, but we love it. Yes. So, your own company. Yes. It's, if if I look at your website, it said it started on the streets of Cairo when you thought it might be a good idea to
1: Yes, going. I had a I had a company, but then I formed a partnership. Okay. Um, and the and the current business that I have is a, it was a partnership. I bought mm. my partners out. Oh, cool. Um, it it became apparent that I was doing a lot more work <laughs> than an equal partnership. So so we end we ended the partnership. And, um, and they do say that the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. Mm. No. Anyway, so so after much negotiation, I now I now own. My business, yeah. and I have done for several Big years. Big Bang
0: stunts and effects. Yes, it's
1: called Big Bang. Hell, yeah. yeah! Stunts and special effects. It's been loads of fun. Yeah,
0: that's and so yeah. Through that company, you've you've been coordinating and special effecting. Yes. And doing. All I do whatever. I do I do
1: movies from time to time, hmm. but my my main my main income and main source of of work is television. Okay. Yeah. And do
0: you find is because a lot of people, a lot of companies are just coordination companies and then special effects companies separate yours is combined do you find that your work tends to combine like that a lot or do you say get hired to just do special effects or just coordinating on some jobs
1: so my business model was formed because i worked for a company that was really when when because my love is stunts and special effects mm-hmm. it seemed and the, and those two <laughs> departments Obvious. work so so closely together yeah. Um, my business model was formed in such a way that the smaller jobs that come to South Africa, mm. the client gets two for the price of one. Yeah, they don't
0: have to hire two different companies. Exactly. Like,
1: I, I put one truck with all equipment on the, on the movie set, so mm. they pay for one truck, yet it's got two departments' equipment in it. Okay. Um, uh, that being said, I've always um, made sure that I don't overextend myself. Yeah. So if, if the workload is too big for me to handle as a stunt coordinator and a special effects coordinator, then I'll split the departments apart. Okay. Whether whether I employ a, special, a stunt coordinator, I generally go towards the special yeah. effects department and employ a stunt coordinator, but it's not often that the, the opposite happens. Yeah. So it's either, either I do it like that or the production company hires a stunt a coordinator, coordinator from a separate company okay. or wherever they
0: come from. Yeah, so... Working through through the South African film industry, um you then decided to well, a ten year project came to fruition of directing yeah. your own movie. Yes. And Fract came to being. Tell us a bit about how how that came about.
1: Um, So my brother is very into electricity and renewable energy and he went to a farm in the Karoo called Gecko Rock to install a renewable energy solar installation. And he asked me to come and film and make a movie of the installation. And the guy whose farm it was is a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Deal who introduced me to the idea and the knowledge of what fracking is. Mm. Which fracking is a shortened word for hydraulic fracturing. Yes. And that is a, a process where oil and gas drill holes into the ground and extract what they call the natural gas, which is a term that I'm always worried using because it sounds like if it's natural, it's great. Yeah. But the process in extracting the natural gas is really not natural and it destroys the earth and it destroys the land and it contaminates the water and the, the whole process really is toxic for yeah, It's our not environment.
0: extracted in a way that it can be used as a renewable resource kind of feel. It's...
1: It yes it's, the environment. It's to, all about greed it. and it's all about corruption yeah. and it's all about um people that have massive amounts of money making more yeah. money. Not
0: um, worrying about consequences.
1: And <laughs> yeah, and 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 we have, as human beings have we have alternatives. We're just yeah. not we're just too greedy to actually explore them. Yeah. Um vastly. Anyway, so so I was a little shocked as to what this process was and the more knowledge I got. We spent several nights on the farm around the the Kalahari TV, which is, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) is a campfire. It's um, the
0: best best kind of TV. It really, really is. <laughs> and
1: brying and having beers and yeah. you know, like really getting social. Uh, the conversations got pretty deep and in de- and 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 lots of information awesome. came out of them. So much so that Jonathan invited me to come and film a speech of his at he was do- he was doing um, a little later on at UCT. And I came to film that and when I watched the footage, some of it was the lens was straying off him because I was so involved and and I couldn't believe what I was hearing him say about the process that I had lost concentration of what the camera was doing.
0: Just enjoying the speeches.
1: Well, I don't think I was enjoying it. Well <laughs> <laughs> but I understand it's what real. you're saying. I was I was um, I was dumbfounded and yeah. I was shocked and I and I was I was my heart broke when yeah. I heard what it is that we as human beings are doing to the planet. And so I sat down and I and I and I used this little skill that I've gained in the movie business over the years and I wrote with a friend of mine a short film which is about 26 minutes about the fracking process and how I didn't want to make a documentary. It's yeah. a it's a narrative. There's enough
0: documentaries if people are looking. Not for Not
1: only them. that, I don't think I don't think the audiences that watch documentaries is grand enough. And yes. I want to try and reach. I wanted the process was I wanted to try and reach as bigger audience as possible yes. because it affects everybody. Those the, the frackers that are fracking in America, the byproduct of it and the toxic byproduct of it still affects us here at the tip of South Africa. Yeah. Or the tip of Africa being South Africa. So it's a
0: it's a fictional movie on the potential destruction that fracking could cause. Yes.
1: I tried to make an entertaining story and I tried to make the movie according to a formula of how movies are made, There's, mm. it's got a beginning, it's got a it's got a plot point, it's got a middle, it's got a plot point, and it's got a resolution. Yeah. And I tried to make that movie, and I think I've achieved that where people watch it, are entertained, yeah. and they're shocked, and they get the feel, they get what they get out of regular movie going. But yet they brought a into a, a world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. they brought into this world of, of what fracking is and what the consequences yeah. are. And within the story, we actually move into what I see. If we carry on destroying the earth, yeah. what will it be like in 100 years? Or what will it be like in 150 years? Or even 300 years? Or even in two generations' time? Yeah. So I sat down to try and work out what that is. And the most important and valuable commodity that we have on the planet is drinking water. right? Mm-hmm. So if we contaminate the drinking water like we are doing through the process of fracking, yeah. and various other things that we're doing on the planet. And fracking, I can't explain to you the figures. It, it really destroys an unbelievable amount of, of good water. Yeah. It destroys it. So I wanted, to, I wanted to use my purpose on the planet to try and give something back to Mother Nature in making this film and using the skills that I have. And, and uh, one, at the moment, it's going through the film circuit. Yes. And it's won several awards. Yeah, which is well on the wonderful. Yeah. And um, I can't wait for it to be finished with the film, circuit, <laughs> the festival circuit, because I, I want to release yes, it to you the can't, world. You, you
0: can't release it to the world while it's still exactly. on the festival circuit. So I it's been, you mentioned that, 10 so. years. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. Been,
1: um, it's been, I wrote the first draft with, um, with Tony East about 10 years. It's yeah. actually 12 years now because we finished the film <laughs> at the end of 2017. It took about a year and a bit to to f- do the post-production yeah. and now it's doing the film cir- the festival circuit yeah. I'm sorry I said film circuit oh, no. it's the festival, <laughs> festival circuit. circuit yeah and it's, it's that's another year or so yeah. so hopefully fracking will not destroy the planet entirely <laughs> before the <laughs> yes. film has been released
0: <laughs> well for more information you must check out uh, your website the fracked dot co dot I think it is fracked film dot there's yeah. a lot of really cool uh, videos and information and more on Fracking itself, and then obviously people can find out when the movie becomes available to the rest of us. Yes, and we get to I see. can't wait to it's release going to be it. Really cool. It's really
1: been a, a quite an interesting mm. process.
0: Yeah, I mean, then from a, a a film process, how did the script change from when you guys first wrote it to when you actually filmed it? What was the evolution of that?
1: Oh, a lot of things changed. Right. It, where it where it was set and how things were happening, and you know, I mean, film script is is organic. Yeah. You know, I think there are very few directors that'll take the exact script and make that film the way it's written on the page once you start getting actors involved and they come with their character development mm. and you get the dir- direct photography involved and he comes with how the cameras mm. are going to be moving and what it's what they're going to be looking at and you know it's 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 I think the script is merely a guideline yeah you know it's quite a creative environment yeah. which brings me back to the stunt world in, mm-hmm. in South Africa it's it's very interesting I, I, I'm observing how the creativity is proportional to the budget Huh. So, yes. Interesting. it's interesting. It's my observation because yeah. because the budgets are getting smaller and smaller. The directors are being put under way more pressure to yeah. be creative and give the client, which is the, the investors, the, the, a product that they're searching for. Yeah. Yet, yet to be creative in the movie business and to make something that is fantastic, you really need the time to work out how to do that. Yeah. So... It's quite an interesting observation. It's like, I'm, find, I'm finding there's yeah. less time to make the film. There's less money to make the film. So what suffers? Yeah. This, the, the real thing that suffers is the creativity.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough position to be in because... I mean, a couple of the directors that I've spoken to before, they said, like, one of the skills as a director is to try make something look expensive. So there's always tricks and trades and stuff. But like you're saying, for a bigger picture and a bigger storytelling is those... The, the creativity will always suffer when you are put under technical stresses yes. like time and money and and who's available and what equipment you have access, access to and, and things like that. So it's then to to compensate, you need to then hire people with more experience to be able to uh, make the creativity work. But those people are expensive and then you can't compensate them for the years of experience and training that they've put into, so that they can, in five minutes, do something really cool. Yes. So it's a, it's a it's a tough give and take. It's it's really it's tricky.
1: It is tricky. Yeah. I find it I find it quite interesting when when directors come on a really really small budget show and the producers come on a really small budget show, and they use movies as examples of what they <laughs> want to do. And those movies budgets a hundred and fifty yep. million dollars or and like, more. But the
0: Titanic could do it. Yeah, like,
1: you know, we want to. We want this fight sequence to look like how Jason Bourne did. You know that kind of thing. Yep. And, and you go, but you're giving me, you're giving me one day with the cast, yep. and they will only come for two hours.
0: Yeah, and you don't want to pay for a double, so the actor has to do all the action. Yes. So. So come on,
1: come on, guys. I think Matt Damon
0: had three doubles in Jason and, Bourne. And then what I've
1: noticed is if you actually tell them the truth. Then they feel like that you're causing yeah. trouble. They're
0: like, but you can, so, but they could do it. Yeah. I mean,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, re- reduce the amount of action proportional to what it is that you can physically put in yeah. the camera. And no, but they don't want to do that. So you gotta, you gotta be very creative in how you yeah. manipulate the situation to make sure that your client is getting what they want within the budget constraints right. and within the time constraints, etc., etc. Yeah. And it seems. Admin
0: brain is. Yeah, it seems
1: like them. more and more the action. We're ready to go. We're ready with the special mm. effects, and the action falls to the not only to the end of the, the day, but of the then day. off the off the call sheets yeah. entirely because. Yeah,
0: I've been know. on. I've been on a couple of sets where it's like the last hour of a shoot and they're like cool now we can do the big fight or the big explosion because they did all the the acting scenes beforehand you're like well we we you know you didn't give us wait no that's not mm -mm."
1: well they they leave the action to the end of the day because they they need to get the beats and tell the story they need to get the story told and because there's because because you need that you can they then forfeit the, the, the action time. and just give the idea <laughs> of the action, or yeah. or put an explosion sound in the background and yeah. have your actors do yeah. do, a, do a little move. Anyway, so it's, so yeah. it's give um, and
0: take, guys. Give and take. Well, it seems to be taking <laughs> a lot more than lot giving. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can just keep. Keep planning really cool scenes and hope that eventually we'll get to them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hope for the best. But
1: you know, each yeah. each level, each budget level doesn't yeah. come with its without its own problems. Hundred percent. You know, I've worked on some big budget shows, brands, yeah, and just as much. there's a there's alternative, there's a different kind of frustration with those mm. shows compared to the shows that I work on.
0: And different types of constraints. I mean, I, I always read about like the comparing your your indie action movies to like your Marvel action movies is the Marvel action movies are just as constricted to what you can and can't do and what's allowed to be shot and what's allowed to be done and and availability of actors. In the indie movie, you can say, do whatever you want, but you just don't have the budget to be able to do all of the things. So the the things you are fighting as a coordinator or an actor or a director are just different types of problems. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is... Yeah, fun.
1: It's um at the end of the day, whatever decision we make as stunt coordinators needs needs to be the prime the primary decision is about safety on the movie set. Yeah. Um and if if they're pushing you and they're putting you in a position, when mm-hmm. I say they, the director or the producers, putting you in a position where where something is gonna become unsafe, it's really about you having been employed to say to them, no. I'm sorry, you can't do that. No, that's um, so good. And a lot of stunt coordinators I th- I, I think a lot of stunt coordinators within the with the small budget industry find it difficult to do that.
0: Yeah, it's also new coordinators that's saying no. Yeah, they you don't they want to be Fear that the
1: loss of the work. Yeah. When I, I would rather lose the work than yeah. someone's life. So
0: agreed. You know,
1: <laughs> it's so much. It's so much easier to say, let's not do it like that. Let's have an alternative yeah. method and do it like this, or let's not do it at all. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's a tough position. I think that's that's always sometimes a problem. If say. Uh, performers want to go into coordinating, and it's a bit early for them career-wise. I'm never gonna to say too young or too old, but mm. is they they need to have that confidence to tell a boss no, and to be able to to say this is the the protection that I need to to create. I mean, I I listened to an interview with uh, Zoe Bell a little while back, and she said because she coordinated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and she said it was such an interesting change for her after doing all the kill bulls and all the other quentin tarantino's movies as a stunt performer where when he said can you do this she went yeah sure and would just do anything that the coordinator say let her do but then as she became the coordinator for him she had to start saying no to him because because right. from then she became responsible for the other people because yes. when she was a performer she was just resp- responsible for her own injuries in life and she'd be like cool i could do it and I'm assuming her her coordinator would say no or or anything like that but then as a as a coordinator she had he would be like but you would always say yes and she'd go no but now now i'm responsible for those five people and i need it's to a, say it's no a to you. Yeah. Mm. it's a little different yeah
1: it's in fact it's yeah. a lot different if you if you're in charge and responsible for people things change 100%. and you you not only need to know what's going to happen if you if you make those decisions but if you if you you also need to know if you say no what are the alternatives yeah so uh, I, I always I always like to be able to tell a director s- several options yeah. of, no, of, but of something. something yeah you yeah. can't do that because what mm. about this? And then, and then the collaboration and the creativity comes from those places, yeah. which is, at the end of the day, what the audience wants, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that Sleepy little dog. growl Sleepy that you dog. heard in the background is jazz. <laughs> she's the mother of all my dogs. Oh. And um, she's very vocal. She's, just, she's beautiful. I just can't imagine what it's like to have a nice big hmm like that.
0: Oh. And then she's super chilling. She's Warm, dead. sunny days. Yeah, while we do like this, this podcast, cool
1: all four dogs are right dogs right are around chilling. us. Yeah.
0: That's home, man. That's why I love my podcast. It's super chilled, super random. We go on tangents. We talk crap. I like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's my first one. So Yay! I'm enjoying it. Aha.
0: Um, so I kind of go into, I have a, a list of random questions that I like to ask everyone.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so I'm going to throw those out at you as well. They obviously, I'll we do. go into tangents. I'll do my best, be best to
1: answer them truthfully. <laughs>
0: that is all I ask. Okay. <laughs> so first one is advice for someone interested in doing what you do.
1: Pursue it with passion. Pursue it with passion and learn and ask questions and know when to be quiet and watch. Yes. Um. And know when to ask those questions and keep on going. Yeah. Yeah, i I'm, I'm, I mean, I, 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 I. From a stunt coordinator's point of view, if I don't have any work for everybody, which which is regularly the case, yeah, sometimes
0: the happens. person
1: that has been phoning me and pestering me for work, <laughs> as pissed off as I get with those people, it <laughs> seems like those are the people that are higher first. Yeah. So the people that are showing me more interest, and this is this is nobody ever told me this. So mm-hmm. so take this and use it. Yeah it's it's phone the stunt coordinator if he says i don't have any work for you try and get him to say but stay in touch yes right and if he doesn't say but stay in touch (laughs) phone him again next week you know the week's going to go by anyway make a list of who you've phoned and when you phoned them and contact them and show them that you're available because out of out of sight out of mind right um and if you haven't worked for that coordinator before offer to work for him for free yeah because
0: you just shadow one day. Be like, yeah. hi, I just love to. There's
1: no university that you can go to no. to become a great stunt performer. You can go to stunt schools and all this kind of. But there's no university where you can learn more than being on a movie set. Yes. So if you're working for free, you're actually saving a lot of money.
0: Yeah.
1: By being on that movie set, go around to everybody, yeah, ask that's them your questions. Fees. That's your university, exactly. Yeah. So so the more you the more you time you spend on a movie set the more time you spend in presence of stunt performers exactly. and you shoot the shit with them and you yeah. you enjoy the, their company and you get to know them and become friends because it's all about trust at the end of yes. the day we need to trust as a stunt coordinator like I am, I employ a stunt performer because I know what his abilities are yeah I know it, that's the that's the first port of call and can the second port of job? call yeah. is can I make him look like the actor or does he fit the part or yeah. how those kinds of things go but but but. Is he, is he capable of doing the work and can I trust that he's going to do the work is my primary role as a stunt coordinator. Yeah. Then I need to manipulate the cameras and how the director wants to see the action and all that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So just getting back to your original question, <laughs> um, keep phoning those stunt Keeping guys. Keep phoning them. Keep attacking them. Keep, I keep, would say harassing them. Yeah, keep harassing them. <laughs> keep <laughs> connected, that, you know. Right? Keep keep yeah. trying. Keep. If, you, well, if, I mean, you, if the doors get slammed in your face... Go to different doors and then come, yeah, come back to those doors at a later date and yeah. see what happens.
0: No, that's why right. whenever I have something new, then I send out things. I'm like, oh, i updated my zip card or I've just like tweaked my showreel and then send it out again and be like, hey guys. Because yeah. what I've learned as well is obviously best person for the job is number one prize. But sometimes coordinators, if they need five nondescript people to be in a fight they're going to think of the last five people they spoke to because there's exactly. a bazillion other things that you are doing. You are, like, planning the special effects and fighting with the director and the producers doing money and you've got a budget and things like that. So you're going to, like, oh, I need five guys. Uh, uh, Tony, I was picked to go yesterday. Cool. And then you, you get in there because you were on their minds because you phoned them three days before. Yeah, went, that is hey. correct. Exactly. <laughs> And then keep your skills up so that you can justify it. Yes, and high. train. <laughs> you're, you're a professional.
1: Your professional stunt performer doesn't spend his time at McDonald's. No, 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 no. No, you know, he spends his time in the gym when he's not working. And yep. he spends his time with other stunt performers making short films. Yes. And, and he spends his time Which with other stunt up. performers. <laughs> the, you might find that another stunt performer has a skill you don't have. So yes. share the knowledge train with each other yeah. there's a lot of a lot of beautiful short films that are coming out of South African stunt mm-hmm. fraternity at the moment where where the guys are getting together yeah. and, and not only are they choreographing great fights and shooting each other and stabbing each other in the eye etc yeah. etc et <laughs> but they're, they're actually physically doing the camera work and they're and getting involved stories. and they're telling, yeah. telling these beautiful fight stories scenes. they're
0: so yeah we've been I've been sharing as many as I can on on the, my podcasts uh, Instagram and Facebook because every time mm. they post a new short there's just so much yeah. good things coming
1: yeah it's and it's so valuable for the individual stunt performer mm. to actually go through that process yeah you know when, when I made my film Fracked at the end of the film I, I sat down and I, and I processed what the journey I had been on firstly it was the most amazing nine days of my life yeah and and secondly I, I got to understand what physically goes on in the production office yes because I as a stunt coordinator have never been in the production office other to go in there and say I need this document or have you yeah. seen this or where's the next meeting or it's been on a very, very superficial level. Mm. But now that I made a film... I was involved in the production work and what was going on in the production office because I was not only the executive producer, the producer, the director, the writer, the <laughs> editor, etc. Yeah. I, I was, run, was helping at what was going on in that office. And those people need to be commended more than we give them credit for because I they agree. work so damn hard. And they know, they know without the, the engine room of a movie being made all over the world, yep. no matter where it's being made, the production office is the one that the, the, the girls and the guys in that office just need yes. to be commended for the work they do. No,
0: I agree. And it's it's when you, when you realize what they do is, I get an email saying, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, the shoot date tomorrow has to be moved to next week. And I could go like, oh, this is so unprofessional. But when you understand that in that office, that one shoot date was because of one thing that happened, and now they've got to m- move the entire place without losing all the money so they move the one shoot day that only had two actors on versus yes. the other shoot day that had an explosion on because you have to rebook those yes. it's, it's, it's just a coordination lead, nightmare
1: Tony you lead me to You're. think about how difficult it is as a first AD to actually schedule a film <sighs>
0: No, because <laughs> once you
1: start getting artist avail- availability and yeah. location availability, Tetris. and stu- it's, it's really, really way more complicated than Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I've, and I've spoken to some ADs about how they do yeah. it. And when I say to them, listen, you haven't given me enough time to set up the, and do the rehearsal it's time for this, the time and they say, I really can't move that day. I, I know what they're talking about. Mm. It's, it's the hardest thing. It's the, it's the, the yeah, they're animal. Not, not
0: moving it because they don't feel like it.
1: Yeah, it's a very <laughs> hard thing to move, you know? Yeah. So, so there's got to be a way around that that you mm. need to know the alternatives.
0: Yeah, and then like as performers, understanding that is that influences who gets a job, who gets the acting gig, who, who matches up with the actor that's already been cast. And, yeah. and if that one's availability isn't good... And you were matched with that lead actor. Yes. And now they've had to change the lead actor, and you don't match him, so they need to re recal- No, so it's the domino effect. Take, isn't it? Yeah, you can't take those things personally, and you can't be, I think, angry. I think all the time. You definitely got to see where they're coming from, within you know, reason.
1: You know, the the movie business. <laughs> if you take things personally, I would suggest oh that you, you go somewhere <laughs> else. New uh, piece of advice. Yeah. Just, Just find mm-hmm. another business. No. <laughs> because um, from actors being, you know, not not cost because their eyebrows yeah. are too thick. Hundreds. There's rejection at every turn.
0: Yeah, because um, you reminded the director of his ex girlfriend. It's literally yeah, n- um, and, nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, and you you disagree with things, and you yeah. you know there's so many different people, and there's so a turnover yeah. of so many different people all the time. Yeah. That inevitably you're not gonna get along with someone or oh, something, 100%. and 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 if you take things personally, it's only gonna hurt.
0: No, then just just get sad people and. Less enjoyment. <laughs> yes. Which is not why I do it. No. Okay. Uh, what is the biggest misconception about what you do? What do people assume that I was very wrong?
1: <laughs> they assume that I'm having a good time all the time. All the time. All the time. They At three o'clock that. in
0: the morning on a night shirt with rain?
1: You know? They they assume <laughs> they assume that the work is easy because uh, you're in the entertainment business. Yeah, no. It's not easy work. Mm-mm. It's not. The, the Just ask the production office. <laughs> yeah, just ask the production office. It's it's really really not easy to to make a movie. Yeah. I know this because I made one.
0: Yeah.
1: It took me. It took me ten years.
0: From scratch.
1: From right, yeah, writing the first script to actually physically going into production. Granted, I wasn't committed to making the film all the time, but yeah. it, it really just took ten years to do that. Yeah. And and then the amount of work that the individual people put into it, and when uh, I mentioned earlier, the amount of stuff you forfeit. Yeah. You know, um, in relationships and in family and in time away and et cetera, et cetera. I would say the, that the glitz and the glamour of it is is really only in the room that is, is that giving giving away the Golden Globe, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> or the Oscar. That room is is all about that.
0: Yeah, and um, that glitz is just like one week a year of awards season and then all those glitz and glamour actors go back to the, tr- the network and hustle yeah. and night shoots and sets and yeah they
1: go to the grind like yeah. people ask me where I live and traffic and you know that comes up in conversation yeah. sometimes I say I'm never in traffic Nah. No. they go what do you mean I go well I get to work before everybody yep and I get to work I get home after everybody yeah. so uh, it's because of the, the long hours you know you get home you sleep you go back to work
0: yeah you've got to pack the truck and then go to the 4am call time so you've got to be up two hours before and then it's yeah. everyone wraps it at five o'clock and you've got two hours to pack up everything yeah, and for the get th- it back th- to the office and exactly
1: and I'm just <laughs> thinking for those of you that are listening here yeah. that hate traffic get into the movie yeah, business yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: always before and after always before and after yeah. yeah then you just live where you want to live because it's a nice place to live yeah exactly you don't live anywhere convenient for distance i mean where i live yeah. everyone's like it's a bit far from town i'm like yeah but it's super close to like atlantis dunes when they're there exactly so everyone drives an hour and a half to get there and i do 20 minutes and then you're in durbanville and Stellenbosch and cape town and nice i mean there's, there's
1: i tell you something <laughs> about the movie business it's, it's taken me to places that ordinarily i would never have yes. visited and that has been magical no,
0: i've amazing. really
1: really loved that from from going to Rome and uh, as you know mm-hmm. um, Los Angeles and, and Canada etc but the, the places that I've seen in Africa alone mm-hmm. and then the Seychelles and um, I mean Rome stands out as really. being w- one of the most amazing places and it was never on my list as a place to visit no
0: um,
1: and we did some wonderful work there and it was so much fun the project that I was on was just like right at the top of the list okay. and uh, and so the movie business does have its pros oh yeah
0: there is some glitz mm-hmm. there is some, is some fun yeah but I mean that's why it's it's, it's hard work. It's <laughs> yeah. really,
1: it's hard work, but
0: it's fun. Yeah. If it's if it's what you love, it is 100% worth it because those those pros just yeah. balance everything out completely. Yeah. Well, that I do I can skip one of my randoms and go to Don't edit.
1: skip. You well, I, no, I'll go back.
0: I'll go back. I'll go back because on that subject, one of my questions is always what is your favorite location you've ever worked in South Africa?
1: In South Africa. Yes. Um, well Cape Town is certainly right up at the top of the list
0: oh, it's, it's Cape fun. Town
1: is a wonderful place to not only work but a wonderful place to live
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: not without its problems yeah. but the rest, the rest of the world is fighting problems too so Everyone's there's a balance I think, I think Cape Town anywhere in Cape Town is, <laughs> is fantastic except the abattoir
0: Ugh, that's a lot of dust. And places places <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah. um, Old buildings, basically. If when I get, when, I, buildings, when yeah. I get
1: to crash cars up the mountain and do things yeah. like that, then
0: So do you not have a specific location that has sparked your interest or that? I don't like it, cities.
1: I don't like being in the city. Yes. So um I worked I worked at a place called Fanyakpan. Where is that? Fanyakpan is um, the northern Cape towards Namibia, wow. it's where they do, where they have done land speed records, so it's a big, flat, oh. open space, and um, the energy that I felt from that place, I was there for, cool. the first time I went there, I think I was there for about three weeks, we stayed in mm-hmm. a tent at camp, and it was absolutely phenomenal, the, the, from seeing the amount of stars that you see at mm-hmm. night, to the work that we were doing in the day, yeah. it was just magical, and I, and I remember that. Um, there have been some, some I don't know, monuments around the world and, mm. and those kinds of things. Um, the Seychelles is certainly a place that I enjoyed. I was there yeah. for my 30th birthday yeah. and um, I was there doing special effects. And on my, as luck would have it, on my birthday, they didn't require any special effects. Oh, so we went to Recke in Ireland. For those of you that don't know what Reggie <laughs> is, we went to have a look at a, at a possible shooting location. And the island was the size of a postage stamp. You could basically walk from the one side of the island to the other side of the island. Oh, man. And, and I said to them, it was myself and, a, and a, a mate of mine, I said to them, if you don't need me for the day, can you leave me on the island Yeah. and come and fetch me later on? Oh. And we were the only two people on this whole island for my birthday. And That's it, was, it was it was it ma- was magical. So I had a snorkel and I had a I had a mask and I had my fins and I jumped in the water and I was following fish the whole oh. day, and just basking in the sun and not worrying about fracking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Enjoying <laughs> yeah. nature as it should be. Yes, so that oh. stands out. Um,
1: That's cool. Um, <laughs> I've I've been in the jungle in Natal. So I've been in the jungles there, blowing things up, um, and I've I don't I've been. Yeah, many places.
0: Yeah. That's the cool part. I like it. That. that is
1: the cool part. Yeah,
0: yeah. See the world, man.
1: I think I think Ro- Rome, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. was um, You know, if beautiful. you haven't been to Rome, it's certainly worth a visit. There's so much human history. history in a small space.
0: I love that. That's my favorite part about Europe as a whole is that that history that you can you can see and I think my dad once joked. He said he mm. went to a pub in London and the chair he was sitting on was older than. The South Africa's discovery as a country. Yes.
1: Like, that's amazing.
0: It's just insane. Yes. Yeah, older than the oldest building in Cape Town.
1: Uh, do you know, I, I'm Tony, I, I love working in Heart Bay.
0: Yes. Cause that I can
1: Because <laughs> I, I live in Heart Bay.
0: Yeah. Many a terrible shark movie has filmed in Heart Bay Harbor. I make all of them. I love them so much. <laughs> I still, it's my, my not so secret thing, is I, I still need to be in a terrible shark movie. I'm, it's on my have you not been anywhere? No, I have not. It's on my bucket list. Really? I audition for them every year they come around in like January. And I've been really close and the directors seem to remember me, but
1: man. So I made a I made a shark movie <laughs> many years ago during during when we were watching when the World Cup rugby was on. Oh, yeah? And the director um, had no idea what rugby was. <laughs> and so obviously as, as a keen rugby goer and, yes. and advocate of rugby, I, I introduced him along with a lot of the crew. And because it was the World Cup, he got involved in the HIS and oh, all the love. Yeah. And when we when we were when we were playing, and anyone that we wanted to watch play, and we were shooting, he stopped shooting, and we all went to the pub to watch that's rugby. Amazing. Um, yeah, which is a very unheard of story <laughs> in the movie business. Um, yeah. So that's something that. Stands that's possible.
0: Out. Those 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 little shark movies. It's like ten people in a crew, if you're lucky, kind of thing. Yes. Small.
1: Well, I, I, mean, I can't or... remember the size of the movie, but it, but it, um, it, yeah. was, it was a, a fair-sized movie, okay. um, and he had the authority to stop shooting. Yes, that's and cool. And take us off to the bar. <laughs> to is, go watch the rugby. To go watch the rugby. Yes. <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> yeah, when else
0: can we ever have done that? Yes. <laughs> so, what do you think is the biggest misconception about the South African film industry? As a whole, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I can't speak for the people that come here and visit that. I don't know. I okay. haven't had those conversations with people. I don't
0: know how directors approach I, I, us or how my, production approaches. I don't.
1: No, because you know, you know. Over the years, I've seen, I've seen the decline of stunt coordinators coming in from overseas, okay. and the trust of local stunt coordinators increasing. That's cool. um, so, so just like I mentioned earlier, as a stunt coordinator, I employ a stunt performer who I know and trust that will do the work. It's, it's, it's conversely or vice versa. When someone comes in from overseas not knowing anyone, yeah. they want to bring with them a stunt coordinator that exactly. they can know and trust because the work that we do at the end of the day could result in injury or death. Yeah. And we certainly don't want that. So over time, mm. the producers coming in from overseas have learned to, to trust the coordinators that are here locally. Yeah. And there's some local coordinators that are working on some really big shows consistently yeah. and doing fantastic work.
0: Yeah, and being taken overseas to do more work and being taken overseas. Doing, yeah, yes. Yeah, granted,
1: we we've had we've had some some fatalities and some injuries. Yeah. But the kind of work that we do, that I think, is unfortunately I think yes, that is a byproduct mm-hmm. of the work that we do. I I do believe that it can be avoided. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, shit happens. Yeah. So. That's rough. Um, yeah. Um, but I then, think, so
0: those misconceptions are basically what. People used to misconceive has been changing over the years, and that trust yes. has grown. I mean, that leads to another one of my questions: is what's the biggest difference you've seen in our industry from when you've started to today?
1: I think the I think the the skill level individually from all the departments has increased immensely. Awesome. I think in individually the the the, the people have gained way more knowledge. I mean that'll happen over time no yeah. matter what you do. Um, so I think the I think the the, the the work itself the product itself is improved over time. Yeah. Which is why we're in a position now I think that bigger productions that demand and have more budgets bigger mm. budget and demand great skill levels are starting to come here or have been coming in and, yeah. and the the volume is increasing because the our, our crews are phenomenal. Yeah. And, and remember I said about stunt performers, jack of all trades, yeah. the knowledge across the board, it seems like we have a, a lot of knowledge that is is fundamental to the process of making yeah. movies. Fast and yeah. with small budgets. Anyway.
0: Yeah, and then when you apply that to a bigger budget, it just exponentially grows. Yes. The, the skills that we can apply to, to the bigger budget movies because yes. of all the lower budgets that we've worked on and, and learned on and... And developed
1: on. You know, that I've worked, Tony, I've worked with, with a bunch of stunt coordinators and, and fight choreographers that come in from overseas mm-hmm. on the same level as what I've just explained yeah. and the reason why they come. And and they always leave amazed by not only myself, but the people that I employ, how, yes. how their knowledge is so vast. Okay. Um because of those reasons a stunt performer has to be able to be capable of doing so many different facets of stunt yeah. performing and the coordinator myself just using myself as an example I've worn all those different five hats whereas mm. a stunt coordinator that comes in from America for example he's only ever gone through that process yeah. of be- of being a stunt performer and then becoming a coordinator um, he's never been a special effects coordinator or, or a, a, a rigger. technician, or a rigger yeah. it might have been a rigger okay. but but it's it seems it seems um less likely limited yeah, yeah. So that they leave quite amazed by what it is that we're physically actually doing here in South hmm. Africa. Um, That's awesome. It has its pros and cons. Yeah. A bit.
0: No, it does, they do. Is there anyone that you look up to in this industry as a coordinator, a creative, a director, performers...
1: There's many. Um, I just watched the Golden Globes yeah. and, um, and I sit back and I'm, and I'm absolutely amazed as to what their lives must be like. You know, the people that are going up on stage and what they say and how they say it about their peers and the people that are, are nominated in the same categories and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. I mean, I have my favorite directors across the board. You know, like Martin Scorsese and the work yeah. that he does, and Clint Eastwood and the work that he does, and Luc Besson and the work mm. that he does. He just he just out these action movies which have so much so much drive and entertainment in them from beginning to end. And there's just yeah. one after the other. They just keep on coming and they keep on going. And it's it's unbelievable. I have so much admiration for that. Not only the ability to do that, but the the capability of yeah,
0: of and the consistency of, of the products. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. That they you know. It's, I just I just love to be a fly on the wall for about a year yeah. um, and listen in and see and observe. It's just absolutely intriguing to me how how those those people live in Hollywood in their Hollywood houses and, yeah. and, and earn the kind of money that they earn and spend the kind of money mm. that they spend. Have you ever really sat down to try and work out how difficult it is to spend $150 yeah. million dollars yeah. on making a movie? You have to movie. work really, really hard yeah. to spend $150 million, yeah. you know? And, and it's, 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 um, it's really intriguing. Yeah,
0: that's you know? amazing. That's what we want to do eventually. Uh. Well, I don't know about
1: that, Tony. I mean, like, <laughs> I, 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 I've, throughout my career, I've never... I, I mean, yes, I was working in Los Angeles, and yes, mm. I was working in Toronto, and I think I did that with always the understanding that I'd be coming back to Cape Town. Mm. and I, I've never really considered going back there. I've been phoned up with some mates of mine in Canada and Los Angeles, come do this job, come yeah. do that job, and I've consistently turned them down. And even in, in, at points in my career when I've had very little work...
0: Yeah, where well, you could
1: have just jumped... Yeah, and I could have just jumped ship, and I could yeah. have gone on those, especially with the credentials and the CV that mm. I have. You know, I'm const- they're constantly inviting me, and I'm constantly turning them away, because... I work in Cape Town yeah. and I have my beautiful home and I have my beautiful girlfriend and I have my beautiful dogs and going away from them at long yeah. periods of time I'm listen I'm no spring chicken anymore right I'm 40, <laughs> just turned 49 who knows how long life is yeah. and I don't want to I don't want to pursue that grandeur I want yeah. to just enjoy what it is that I have
0: so it's, it's finding that that balance of, of work and life I think that's yeah. especially in the film industry yeah. such an important thing for anyone and the balance can always kind of skew back and forth depending on where you are in life, but you've definitely got to find the balance that works for you because exactly you can't just be a slave to the career.
1: I don't think I ever got into the movie business going. Listen, I'm getting into the movie business because I want an Oscar. Nah. I don't think I ever did that.
0: I want to make cool movies.
1: Yeah, and and <laughs> I, I don't, and I just want to I just want to have fun with my life, and I yeah. want to I want to enjoy what it is that I'm doing, and and I I am a bit jaded because. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. In uh, the movie business, there's a lot of people in it that are that are really nasty. Yeah. You know, and the loyalty is almost non-existent. Yeah, there's and a lot of money so, and a lot
0: of yeah. You got going to around. you got to
1: you got to navigate your way through that mud yeah. to to find the joy. And if the mud becomes too thick and the joy is sucked into that mud, Mm-mm. then it's time to find something else. Exactly. And um, and I'm on I'm on this journey now where I use the word journey. Mm-hmm. specifically because my girlfriend and I want to go on a journey around the world in a four-by-four oh, that was um, so cool. and do that for maybe 10 years. Oh. And and we're, we're working on that project while I'm working in the movie business because Yeah, be I don't want to do that when I'm 70, if I ever get there. <laughs> yeah. I want to do it while I'm still capable of climbing the mountains yeah. and, and s- jumping off the waterfalls and swimming and kite surfing. And, yeah. I want to be able to do all of those things around the world. And Go on
0: adventures. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful to the movie business because for the last 30 years, it's put me in a place where I, where I feel like I'm capable of doing that yeah. journey around the world. And had I done something else, I probably would never have got there. Yeah. So, so that's the plan.
0: That would be nuts. Make it's a movie about it.
1: <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff already being made about people going around the world.
0: Huh. Um, Documented for yourself. But
1: I, 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 just want to go. And, I mean, we've only got one world, yeah. and um, I've only really seen a half a half a millionth of a percent of it. I want
0: to see as much of it as possible. It'd be good. Yeah, I agree. It's
1: a big dream. Uh,
0: sounds like an awesome adventure. And,
1: I, and, I, and I, <laughs> when I say dream, I'm going to quote this quote, which I love and live by. I want to, I want to die with, with with memories, not dreams. I like that. Yeah. I stumbled on that for a second.
0: <laughs> but it's a good one. It's something to live by. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Got to aim for it. So then, what is the favorite part of your job?
1: There's been several times in my work as a stunt coordinator or a special effects coordinator where I've been in the zone where everything is just working perfectly, the <laughs> communication with the, with the director, um, the communication with the producers, the communication with the people under my employment, and everyone across the board is all just gelled. Um, it's limited. It hasn't happened very often. But my favourite part of the movie business is finding that moment. It just clicks where, into place. Where the creativity has got a chance to flourish mm. and, the, and, the, and everything is just working. The light is good. The cameras are in the right places um, and the, the, the knowledge brought to those moments, are, are, it's just flowing. Everybody's happy. Everybody's enjoying them themselves. Mm. And we have so many people on a movie set, it's difficult to find those moments. Yeah, there's a lot of so brains. So to answer your question, my favorite part are those moments.
0: And then conversely, what is then the hardest part of your job?
1: The hardest part of my job is trying to convince a director that he knows that he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> That's the hardest part of my job. Yeah. Because you can't say to a director, Strategically you don't know what you're doing. No. You know, he's a director because he knows what he's doing in directing. Let me yeah. let me summarize what I mean. He he obviously got the job because he knows how to direct. Yeah. But when it gets to a point where where he's asking to do things that you simply can't do because he doesn't have the knowledge and he's not confiding and and making sure that this that the stunt coordinator, the special effects, well, I'm not talking about me. I'll just mm. see what I see. Yeah. Um, in general. In yeah. general, um, getting that. Directed to understand that moment and being politically correct yeah. and honest and truthful without sounding like a like a um, a kill bill yeah
0: just um, no
1: <laughs> is is very difficult yeah I'm I'm no psychologist. And um, I, find to that, one in yeah, I find that being in the movie business, you really, really would be, it would be a lot more beneficial if I'd spend five years or seven years becoming a psychiatrist yeah. or a psychologist so that I could deal with those moments more effectively. So that's really hard.
0: Yeah, because it's a tough thing to deal with those kind yeah. of egos because they might realize they're wrong, but they might never admit to it because of their position and they don't want to... Come off in a different way, so yes. you've got to kind of convince them it was their idea to start with, or yes. or give them those options so that they yes. can have a better way of filming it that might work. So it's and not that same director difficult. throwing,
1: yeah. you know, because he's inexperienced, he might he might recognize the fact that he is in a position of power mm. and abuse it, yeah, um, which makes that that even harder. No, it's tough. you know it's so that, many
0: different different personalities yeah. going around a film set you've got to really you know no people and know humans to navigate that that's so strategically yes <laughs> I call it, it that space. pool of mud yeah
1: I, 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 like yeah. I said just now I call it that pool of very, mud you very sit,
0: strategically through that thing. getting
1: through that mud is sometimes very yeah. very difficult
0: but there's diamonds at the bottom <laughs>
1: yeah, on the other side yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, Last random question. Uh, What's the craziest thing you have ever seen or that has happened to you on a film?
1: So uh, the most dangerous thing that I personally did, if that fits into that category. That's crazy. um, I was upside down at terminal velocity at 800 feet. (laughs) Skydiving, I was doing a fight sequence in a movie and we went a bit low. Damn. So anyone that knows anything about skydiving, being upside down... um, with a man on top of you while you're fighting oh, at eight hundred feet, so fighting is in the it's not air. the best place to be. What? But it was only it only really it only really caught up to me once I was back on the ground. <laughs> um, what had happened, and and go, realizing well, what that I was probably um, uh, an inch short of my life. Yo. Um, I was given three hours to blow up a house.
0: Nice.
1: No. So I said, "Well, we have to having the knowledge and how to manipulate images and do layers of images came into play where." I, where I just put a real massive amount of explosives right in the middle of the house and blew it up for real. Cool. Which is amazing. <laughs> I've actually done that subsequently several times. Yes, please. But being yeah. able to make that safe and make sure that the yeah. 300 plus people that are around that explosion and in the vicinity of that explosion all get to go home without any scars and scratches scratches or injuries to yes. their families so that we can carry on shooting the next day. Those moments, be having having the knowledge to be able to manipulate the environment to do those kinds of really, really dangerous Mm. things. It's understanding so
0: many different
1: inputs as well.
0: You
1: you know, people get complacent, right? Mm. So they come up to you and go, where can I, for example, the camera department, Um, where can I put this camera? And you say, you can't put it over there. You should put it over here. They get upset with you. (laughs) And then once again... The psychology comes into play because you need to you need to try and get them to understand that they can't be there without being a dick, right? Yeah. You you can't be over there because if you're over there, something bad could happen to yeah. you, like dying, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so life. go over there, <laughs> and then they think that you're a dick because you've saved their lives. Yeah. So so it's Always. it's it's quite a, quite an educational <laughs> place to work.
0: Yeah. Crazy, crazy is dealing with people who don't understand how insanely dangerous some of the things we do are, and.
1: Well, you know, if you've got a stunt coordinator it. on set, it stands to reason that something dangerous is happening. Yeah,
0: that's why you hired him in the first place. Yeah,
1: from, a, from an actor pretending to slap another actor to mm. um, capsizing a boat and yeah. sinking in it in the middle of the sea. It's, it's, it's yeah. happening. And it's, it all needs to be considered. It all needs to be understood. And all injury, etc. needs to be avoided. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Here, here. That's all my random questions. Where can people find you on the interwebs and online? I know we said fractfilm.co.za. is Yes, yeah, so um, Big Bang, has a, website, that, Big Bang go, has a website you can go, go there. I will um, add links in my description. I'm on
1: Facebook as Anthony Stone. Yes. Um but I don't know why you would ever want to come and find me. <laughs> <laughs> if you if oh, no, yeah. hopefully when you when you are when you have decided to come and look for me, yeah. I'm in that four x four with my girlfriend and I'm traveling through Europe So You're going
0: to be like, oh, no, hang on a minute, that face yes exactly exactly thank you so much for chatting with me today Anthony. it has been super enlightening and super fun
1: thank you Tony and thank you for doing this I think it's wonderful yeah. I think you staying connected and being involved in all of this kind of thing is phenomenal
0: all part of the master plan
1: yeah <laughs> a big idea
0: yeah South Africa bring more movies here <laughs> thank you and I'll check you around on set
1: you will yeah you
0: like I said, he's a passionate man and really promotes taking control of your career, your journey, and your environment. Find out more about his short film, Fract, at fractfilm.co.za and look into some of the cool things that he's gotten to blow up on his website, bigbang.co.za. Next week, we dive back into the acting world with an amazing interview, so keep an eye out. As always, remember to like, share, subscribe to all things Pod. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Pod, and we love reading all the amazing posts and comments that you guys send. If you would like to contact us to share any comments, suggestions, thoughts, or questions you'd like me to try and answer on the pod, please don't hesitate to email us at thesafipod at gmail.com. That's T H E S A F I P O D, the SAFI at gmail.com. That's all for now. I hope that you all have a fantastic rest of your week, and I'll catch you next time on The SAFI Pod.